You're listening to a Galactic Network podcast. For more, go to GNCast.com. We are the Elsers. Hello and welcome to a very special edition of the Else Nerd Show. It is special because I'm the only one doing it right now. We weren't able to do a show, you know, with Corey and a guest host this week. So I determined instead of leaving you guys lonely, I'm going to do another one-man show. This is also a way for me to get a little bit more used to doing a one-man show because I still want to do said one man show it's just one of these i got i want to figure out a set time where i can do it um and when you work in retail that's not always possible um so i'm i've got a couple things here um a couple news stories that i want to hit on that i i had seen this uh this morning actually that i really enjoyed i just i love the idea of it um and the first one it comes from variety and that is that roku going into programming with actually licensing ad-supported movies for its own movie channel called the Roku channel. This is something that they have done but haven't done at the same time. Um, The big big part of this is uh, the Roku channel promises access to several hundred films, including The Karate Kid and Legally Blonde, from major Hollywood studios like Lionsgate, Metro-Goldwyn-Mayer, Sony Pictures, and Warner Brothers. Uh, videos will be accompanied by advertising and basically this is all to help bolster roku's ipo the other part here is the roku channel will also feature videos from american classics fandor film rise nosy ov guide popcorn flicks vidmark and uu uh, publishers that all have their own channels on roku as well and as a i'm gonna say this right off the bat as a roku owner as a roku user it is one of those things that I really like this idea because of the fact that when you look at the Roku interface, and I wish I had my Roku plugged in here, but it's at my grandma's because um, I would show it on the TV behind me. But you have how you have the home with all your apps, with all your channels on there. And then you have uh, there's a my feed section. I could see them removing that my feed section with this. So with the you know movie channel. It makes sense. Like I was, I started to watch um, because they had it partnered with an ad. Because the other thing that Roku does is they'll have ads when you go into the channels. And on the side was Watch the Grand Budapest Hotel, sponsored by, um, I think it was like Acura or something like that. It was a car company. And that was really interesting to me just because of the fact that I'm like, I get to watch a whole movie. Now I started watching it. And I'm like, well, let's watch something else because I'm, I was doing laundry at the time. And so I, typically like to break things down into our chunks when i'm doing that because so it's like i'm not like pause the movie go get go downstairs change out laundry come back up dumb i know but i have my quirks and so it's one of those like i could honestly see this you know i didn't mind like hulu used to do this with their movies before they quit doing that before they actually went to commercial free for movies um, and just doing the commercials on the TV shows. Where this is going to be a problem is 
if they if it's some algorithm like every 20 minutes or 10 minutes or whatever there's going to be a commercial i could see that biting them in the ass because hulu i remember watching this is early days of hulu i remember watching fever pitch the uh drew barrymore jimmy fallon movie and they had commercials in the weirdest spots like it was um, it was like they didn't take the version that was aired on cable they took the like the dvd ripped the dvd and then tr- found their own ways to do to put the t- the commercials in and it worked sometimes other times it just it didn't at all <laughs> and so it's just one of those uh, things um so i hope roku doesn't have this with it like that the, that the commercials are more are more it's a more smooth you know at the end of a scene as opposed to the middle of a scene Honestly, I'm really looking forward to this because the the other thing I didn't mention is this is all going to be free. So because it's ad supported, it's all it's just a free channel. And the other thing for Roku programming, its own channel is a bit of a departure of the way because usually it's just a this is what I tell people when I'm selling people um, or telling people about these streaming devices. I always say, hey, you have Roku. This is one of the options that I always say. If you if you're in a lot of the ecosystems like I am, like I am both an Amazon Prime member and a Google Play member, and so the Chrome having just the Chromecast or just the Amazon Fire Stick doesn't work for me. What does Roku? Roku plays both. Roku only oper- operates one other channel, and it's with 4K videos as a way to showcase the capabilities of its 4K devices, which is something I did not know because I do not own a Premiere or Premiere Plus. I really would consider getting one now, especially for that little boy back there behind my head um because like i said that's a 4k tv and it's whew, watch guardians of the galaxy on it oh my god that looks so good and to answer growly's question what is the damage for getting a premiere account the premiere uh, roku's uh those are just newer devices those in my area are 80 to 100 dollars so I'll have links to this in the article or in the show notes and it's it's a really cool thing to see or to, for them to be doing and it just makes sense all right the next news story so out of out of left field ha 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 you'll get the joke in a minute um because this is something we don't cover we rarely when it comes to sports we really only cover wrestling and that's when i'm on either by myself which you'll see later or when i have a wrestling fan on with me or a professional wrestler one of my the other sports that i love i love watching it a lot like in person but not necessarily on TV, and it's baseball. This article came out this morning that um, this is from IGN. They're taking this from the New York Times, but I'm going to stick with the IGN article because it it simplifies it a little bit. Uh, the New York Times tends to get long-winded. I know nothing of that, but there is a problem with the Boston Red Sox. They are using, or they were caught cheating by at baseball by using an Apple Watch. Now, that alone sounds a little weird. So from reading this article a little bit, a little while ago, I guess one of the things that has happened is, and this, I believe this is allegedly, so I'm going to cover my ass by saying allegedly. Um, oh, and by the way, on Elsner's We Tend to Spoil and uh, Swear, so we always tend to spoil things and swear, so hey, you've been warned. <laughs> Didn't do the double intro. The, they're, they're accused of, because the Apple Watch is not illegal. What is, is the fact that there apparently is uh, the Red Sox would have an off-field person watching a camera feed of the catcher. When the catcher signaled the play to the pitcher, so, you know, he selected the pitch, they would relay that information to the dugout via Apple Watch. 
where the information would be passed to the batter. It's not strict, and it's also not strictly the uh, passing of the information that's the problem here, stealing, uh, stealing signs. Uh, the process whereby a pitcher's instruction is somehow relayed to the batter is perfectly legal when done through traditional means. The difference here is the Boston Red Sox currently at the top of America's Eastern League division. So they're the American League, the Eastern Division, um, use technology to give themselves the advantage, which is against game rules. The thing here, Growly, is, and for everyone listening, is it's not necessarily, it's not that they're getting the pitch count or that they're getting the pitch. It's more of the fact that they're using the technology here. So they're, you know, you've got your batting coaches with his Apple watch and he looks down and they got a guy who's watching the camera feed. So it's all this use of technology. There was a similar thing with this, with the, uh, I want to say the Patriots, but I could be wrong in football, uh, like four or five years ago where they were caught like, like recording practices, which was against, you know, like, but it was like not practices that should have been recorded doing something weird with, with video cameras. And it's, it's just a weird thing to think about because you, you like to think, Oh yeah, it's, you know, these are sports are, they love to be honorable and all this stuff. But then you got to remember these are millions, sometimes billion dollar corporations here that love to make money. Um, you know, especially the leagues, the leagues are billion dollar corporations that love to make money no matter what. And they reward wins. And yeah, exactly. It's it's like getting the playbook um, for the other team. So it's, I mean, it's not exactly, I'll put it to you this way. If the, typically what you see in football, and I'll use football as the example because of the fact that it's a little bit easier to say with the plays, you'll see the coaches whenever they, the camera shows on them, they're always talking like this, where you cannot see their mouth, but they're talking into their microphone. A lot of people do that because They'd have people, you know, up in the press boxes across the, you know, across the way with binoculars, just staring at the coach, you know, staring at Bill Belichick and uh, Pete Carroll reading lips. And then they would radio down. They're going to do a uh, slant right pass or whatever. That's fine, you know, because there are ways to get around it. I just got around it. The problem comes in with the use of technology. Because then what's to stop, like, like I see the slippery slope here. So I see this side of it, like I'm not, you know, poo-pooing the Red Sox for doing this because every team is going to try to get an edge. I think, you know, it is a little bit of a poor sport when they're using, you know, when they're using the technology, they got it, they got a guy watching a camera feed of the, essentially of the catcher's crotch because that's where they call the plays. I don't know. It, it just seems shady to me. And I don't like it. Um, now, then again, I am also not a Boston fan. So that could play into it as well. But, I mean, who knows? <laughs> and Growly, taking Beatmaster's place today, the catcher's crotch is where you'll find other balls. Brilliant put, Growly. Three points to you. So that is it for the news. Uh, like I said, this is gonna be, this is probably going to be a shorter show here uh, because I'm doing this all by myself. Uh, but anyways, to the Patreon read. Um, and if it sounds like I'm a little disjointed, it's because there's a delay with it. If you go to gncast.com slash support, that is where you will find two one of two things. You will find our Amazon affiliate page, which if you go if you go there, you spend money, you do your shopping like you normally would. What then happens, your price doesn't change, but we get Jeff Bezos money. We get money for you just shopping. But the other thing that we could do 
and this helps us out more because it's directly to us. You know, Patreon gets a small little cut, but you can go to our Patreon page. All, it's at gncast.com slash support, but it's also at patreon.com slash galactic netcasts. And on there, you will find exclusive things like I do a comic book. Um, it's not exactly regularly, but a comic book pull list slash review show, um, part of which is going to be in today's episode of Else Nerds. And you find uh, Peter Fisher is working on his app show, which he has invited me on. And it just sounds incredibly awesome. And I believe you get these for $3 a month. So you look at my show, you're getting anywhere from, you're getting like four episodes, four or five minute episodes a month for $3. That's a steal. You'll find that all at gncast.com slash support or patreon.com slash galactic netcasts. All right, on to segment two, segment two, segment two. And the first one I want to talk about is one that you would th- you'd almost think I have another podcast coming up um, where I'm getting myself ready for this. And this is this is another wrestling story um, or thing I'm going to talk about. It's the May Young Classic. So WWE has done three. This is their third um, special event tournament style thing. And the first one was... Uh, focusing on cruiserweights so wrestlers who are 205 pounds and under um the second one was the uk tournament uh which they crowned the uk champion which featured everyone from you know basically competitors from the united kingdom and this one is the may young classic now this is basically a women's wrestling tournament and i have to i have to say this right now um because the rumors have been that with this you are getting, um, they're they're going to be starting much like they did with the cruiserweights, a women's wrestling show, and like they've been trying to do with the UK, but it hasn't exactly worked out. I'm gonna say something right now. Looking at the 32, and you can go. Um, I'll have a link to the to the bracket for all 32 competitors, and then you can you know look them up as you go. All 32 of these women, I could honestly see being the roster for this show like forget the tournament these 32 wrestlers i could see putting on phenomenal matches on a weekly basis on the wwe network some of them i would even say you know you do similar to what you do with the cruiserweights um except i would actually modify it a little bit and i would go a little bit old school wwe when they did their first draft thing where they had the undisputed champion would be on both shows you do something like that with the women. You do, so it's not like, oh, the cruiserweights are only on Raw. And, you know, so if there's any smaller guys that are on SmackDown, well, they're not in the cruiserweight division. But you do where you've got these girls coming in here, which it's going to revitalize the the main rosters anyways with the women divi- women's division because it's basically been six women on a side, you know, six women per show. And that's not the best, you know, idea for it because I mean, the storylines tend to get a little bit boring, um, if you will. You know, you'll have like, oh, well, here's you no know, now it's Natalia's turn as the WWE Women's Champion, and now here it's Charlotte Flair, and now it's you know it gets pretty repetitive without new talent. And some of these, some of these girls, yeah, I think, or women, they, yeah, I think they need would need to be in NXT for a little bit into the into the training grounds, either to learn the American style of wrestling um, with the promos and the showmanship and all that, 
or just because they're talented enough to do the tournament but maybe not put on the matches that that you know the charlotte flares the sasha banks's are putting on for um you know on, on pay-per-views and stuff like that this also leads to a problem i have with the tournament with this tournament style because a lot with the exception of i believe maybe at the most eight people or eight women in this tournament everyone is or was not signed to wwe when they came in so and they're using eight eight girls from um from nxt which is the you got you know wwe with the Braun smackdown and all those big pay-per-views and then you got nxt which is the younger the up-and-comers show and it's one of those and it's one of those shows honestly where there are weeks there are months where nxt is putting on yeah and Grawley's saying so more skill rather than performance for the woman yeah there's a lot more skill with these with the competitors but some of the performance stuff aspect isn't quite there this whole tournament though it, it brings up the problem like these you got these eight women who are who are in nxt already signed to the wwe that is eight spots and i'm using eight as a rough guess that could have been used to bring in other talent for example i'm gonna give one example because it's mainly i don't like her gimmick uh, oh uh, bianca belair that's her name her whole gimmick is she's the est she's the baddest the strongest the you know est of the re- women's wrestling my problem comes in with the fact that she is, is like okay yeah you have the attitude thing but then it's like she's got this she uses her hair as a whip and i'm like okay that's a weapon I mean, yes, it's on her, and they're technically, and Jared did hit it when doing commentary, like, talk about the rules and stuff. I'm like, yeah, I mean, it's, and it's like, all right, we don't see anyone else doing it, which is a good thing. I mean, no one else is using their hair as a whip, but it's just like, it seems like oh, too much of a one-trick pony for me, and I have a problem with the one-trick ponies. It's one of the biggest reasons why I don't like Braun Strowman, because, I mean, it seems like everything he does is just either no-sell, or it's to show... You know, just be this big, strong man. But anyways, I look at this roster, and it, and it's been a phenomenal tournament. Like I've seen every, I've seen all the episodes up to the finals, which are this uh, next Tuesday, the twelfth. And there are some killer matches in there, and some women who I feel like need WWE contracts. You know, sign them up right now. You get them in NXT. Some of them for a little bit. Some of them for a little longer, and then you know, pull them up on the main rosters. They will revitalize these women, these women's divisions. Problem comes in with this whole tournament. It was designed for two people, Kyrie Sane and Shayna Baszler. Shayna Baszler, you, you, you will probably, um, especially if you're a sports fan, like um, fighting sports fans, will recognize her. She is a, a former UFC competitor. She is one of the four, the four horse women of, of uh, mixed martial arts. You know, she jumped to professional wrestling and she's, you know, now apparently going to be signed by the WWE. And I look at this and I'm a little uh, fearful of this because she's the female Brock Lesnar. And this is not a slam against her because she performs better than Brock Lesnar does now. Brock Lesnar put on great matches, but now with him coming back and being a part-timer, he only puts on these, like he will only really put on killer matches with people he thinks deserve, deserves to be in the ring with him. I have a problem with that. But with her, with, uh, Shayna Baszler, you know, she's strong competitor. She's, you know, a fierce competitor. I could see it being a problem as with a, as a gimmick, but I also see a lot of potential with that. There because they hinted, hinted at it in in the May Young Classic. 
four horsewomen of the MMA, four horsewomen of the WWE. You know, we had three of them in each on either side of the ramp. And so it's one of those like you do this as a WrestleMania or Survivor Series match where it's an eight woman tag. The four horsewomen of the of the you know to determine who is the four horsewomen of fighting sport that's going to make make money that's going to make a lot of money now there's gonna be a lot of more signing that had to have to be done and some of the some of the women would have to be a little bit more trained in the wwe side of things but i like that the other part is the other competitor in here these two are in the final Shayna baszler and the other one Kyrie sane are in the finals like and it's one of those like i figured that much because there was a lot of hype around Kyrie sane she's wrestled i believe in new japan she's i mean brilliant competitor there's a lot of there's honestly a lot of these competitors that i look at and i go okay yeah they could put on great matches they could do this and she's the same way uh you know she's wrestled all around um she's wrestled for actually before this uh world wonder ring stardom is where she wrestled like i feel like she's gonna be a good addition here like i, I hate to compare her to the men but i mean a lot of people more people know but I see her having, you know, a similar stardom like Shinsuke Nakamura had when he came into the WWE. Like you had the the wrestling marks who knew him, who watched him in New Japan, um, you know, watched him face, you know, Brock Lesnar and his, you know, as a very green fighter. And then you get, you know, like I see her doing this because and one of it's because her personality, her, you know, her persona is amazing. I, lo- I love this persona that she has. And it, it's very fun, very energetic. It's a persona that I could see her not needing to change a lot to play both a good guy and a bad guy. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to name a couple other wrestlers to basically to be on the lookout for. Jia Li from China. I thought she put on, she was eliminated in the first round. I thought she did great. You know, I could see her, you know, being brought in and utilized right away. Maya Yim from South Korea. Just her story alone, like they talked about her story a little bit. But you, you so you start with that, and then you go into her, her fighting style, and that, oh my gosh, some explosive matches. I would love, like honestly, one of the things I would love is to see her and uh, Cand- Candice LeRae, who is actually married to uh, Johnny Gar- Gargano, an NXT wrestler right now, who's uh, they call him Johnny Wrestling. Um, in there, it's one of his nicknames. She got eliminated in the second round, uh, second or third, sorry, third round. And it's one of those, like, I would love to see her do this because she, much like her husband, you know, very good, very good fighting spirit between the two of them. And you could see it with the matches. And plus, she's got a sweet finishing move. I mean, in all honesty, it's uh, it's called Miss LeRae's Wild Ride. And it's one of those moves that you've never really seen before. <laughs> Tony Storm out of Australia. She's another great uh, competitor. Uh, Dakota Kai from New uh, New Zealand. Actually, the whole like there was what three, uh, yeah, three wrestlers from uh, from New Zealand or Australia, and those were some of my favorite matches to watch, just because of the fact that you had like they instantly had the crowd going, yeah, especially the Australian side because they always go Aussie, 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 oi, 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 Aussie, oi, you know right away just behind him the other one is uh, Rhea ripley she's super super strong competitor only 20 years old which surprised me a little bit with like because with she has the experience of 
someone who's much older and i think i uh, it's one of those things like i am super excited to see what happens with these competitors i just hope wwe doesn't do what they did like pass up like they did with zach saber jr and they and they have a lot of these women wrestle on for them the other thing i'm gonna talk about unless i think of anything else is this stack of comic books these are the first 10 issues or actually the 10 issues of secret empire starting from or actually 11 because it starts starting with issue zero all the way to issue 10 this is marvel's latest event series that they have completed one of the things i'm going to point out real quick is and i don't know how well it's gonna look but i love the logo on the cover like this is one of those that one of the things i would honestly do with the comic yeah cap versus cap as as growly's putting it in our youtube chat but you look at the logo between secret empire and there's issue one two like it was here like you slowly you slowly as you're watching this start to realize the like when you get to issue three and this is actually the variant edition which is one of those that i love um it's an andrea sorrentino variant cover um of lady thor but you slowly realize wait something's going on with the logo and then hydra is taking over and all that you know all the way to where you get the full-on hydra cap shield and then you see it it breaking um and the return of the traditional cat america shield with it in all its glory no damage around it now i'm gonna hit on something real quick with this i would be i'm interested to see what you know for example my fellow galactic netcasters brad ludwig and Corey scott you know the other comic book readers well former comic book readers but comic book fans think of this series because this is one with the start of cat america steve rogers written by nick spencer it was one of those things that i'm like this is an interesting concept um because it was taken out of assault on pleasant hill or avengers standoff i think it has another name too where cat america comes back he's he gets younger youngified again oh but there's a secret he's hydra he's he's always been hydra it was one of those like you know you could sort of figure like they're not gonna retcon the history that much with it but you it was a fun it was a fun idea to look at like oh yeah he yeah he was hydra this whole time well what would that look at look like and you see that playing out with you know him growing up and being best friends with with uh with uh baron zemo with with helmet zero or Z zero zemo and you're going through it and you're you're getting this political espionage type of stuff from him and yet you're you're, you're getting on both on both things because nick spencer wrote wrote both sam or sam wilson captain america and steve rogers captain america he was doing these at the same time. And so at the flip side, you had 
uh, Sam Wilson, who was very much a modern political thriller about the state of the country, you know, and all these racial tensions that are going on and stuff like that. But you never had like when I remember first reading this, I was just like, okay, I'm here for the ride. Yes, it might not, it might sound a little far fetched that, you know, Cat being a member of, you know, being Hydra this whole time and stuff like that. But I just thought, okay, this is great story. I'm going to let them tell it. You fast forward to Secret Empire, where Cap has successfully overthrown the government or uh, what Cap or Hydra Cap, Captain Stevel, as it was pointed out, <laughs> as it was coined in uh, Mighty Cap Marvel issue nine that came out last week. So you've got, you know, Cap America as a bad guy took over the world, locked out a lot of the heavy hitters, um, you know, the, the cosmic heroes outside of the earth with a uh, defense shield thing. And, oh, he also captured some brood eggs or some Chitari eggs. So they're, the Chitari are coming in waves because they want their eggs back. You have this other Captain America here that we're following and you're like, wait, where is this coming from? And it turns out that when Kobik, the sentient cosmic cube, rewrote Captain America, she basically kept a backup um, because she just thought she was doing what was good. You know, she was listening to Red Skull, bad choice, and going about that way. And yeah, yeah, let's call him classic Cap because he is. He's essentially, he is the true red, white, and blue Captain America. And it's one of those that even though Secret Empire hinted at generations and generations is going to hint at or it has been hinting at the essentially marvel's rebirth i'm I'm forgetting what it's called but i never i didn't mind it because these this is a truly self-contained story growly is asking you know like he, he wonders about the fall of those who died and this is the interesting thing i applaud nick spencer for for sticking to this route you have kobik the sentient cosmic cube the first issue and the 10th issue were both drawn by Steve McNiven. Um, Steve McNiven did the artwork for Civil War, the first Civil War book um, with that Mark Millar wrote. And that's Captain America Civil War. The movie was loosely based off of. He does a great job in here. He captures in issue one the death of, of Rick Jones so well. It was so good that I'm like, uh, uh, like my heart broke and I'm not a big Rick Jones fan. Like I don't hate the character, but it made sense that they, they gave him something to do after he got de-gamified by uh, Dot Green, by the Hulk that had the brain of, that still had the mental capacities of Bruce Banner this last time. So you have a couple of tragic deaths in here. The death of Rick Jones, but more importantly, the death of Black Widow. And this is something that had been hinted at from since Inhumanity, the latest, the last event book that featured the Inhumans. It, essentially, it featured the Inhumans. Um, no, sorry, it wasn't Inhumanity. It was Civil War II because it was like both of them. They're, they're like one tied to the other. And you have with this, you had the fulfill the the prophecy from this inhuman who could predict the future that 
Miles Morales Spider-Man was going to kill Captain America. Now, they didn't know at the time that he was Hydra. All you saw was him, you know, with Cap on a, you know, Cap through a stake on the state capitol or on the, in Washington, D.C. on the Capitol building. We get to that moment. And this is, again, where I will applaud the artist. This was done by Andrew Sorrentino. If you have not read any books that she does the art for, you're doing yourself a disservice. I first got in touch with her art during the New 52 when she was writing or she was doing the art for Jeff Lemire on Green Arrow. I love her art style. It's so great. The way she tackles violence where she's showing more than what she probably could show if it was just in plain color. But with the fact that she's almost doing a Mortal Kombat approach to some of the things where you're almost seeing like the skeleton with the like with the bone breaking or whatever, you get that same thing here where Hydra Cap actually kills Black Widow with his shield. He's he's got the pointed, you know, the more traditional shield. Um, I believe they call it a kite, a kite shield. And he, you know, he's going to do that he's going to use it to kill because and these are the cool design I, I would say about the shield at the point it has like it'll come out at the end it'll actually point out and like there's like a knife there so it, like blades there so it can be used as a weapon he's, he's going to do this he's going to kill miles morales and black widow very last second she comes in and he punches her right there you know is right there breaks her neck this is one of the things like i could have th- i I applaud them for not doing, for not rewriting the history with this and have Kobik erase the deaths of Rick Jones, of Black Widow. Um, as they said it, as he's put it in issue 10, she rewrote the world, but she gave all of the heroes the wherewithal of what happened so that this would never happen again. Now, Growly Bear is asking about generations because generations started while Secret Empire was wrapping up. Um, I believe it started during issue five or six. Um, generations, and for those of you guys who don't know, Generations is a series of one shots that lead up to Marvel Legacy. That's the name of that of that book that I was thinking of. <laughs> that is leading up leading up to Marvel Legacy. Tell and it's you see it in the end of issue 10 where Kobik takes some of the heroes, some of the newer heroes, Ironheart, Kate Bishop's Hawkeye, uh, Ms. Marvel, you know, these legacy, quote unquote, legacy characters, Jane Foster's Thor, and she puts them in with, or they're, they're placed in this, event, or this stories with their predecessors. So, for example, one of the stories um, that came out, actually it came out last week, was The Archers. It was Kate uh, Kate Bishop and Clint Barton, the Hawkeyes, on this Hunger Games-style island where, you know, they have, everyone's wearing a belt that if they try to take it off, it's apparently a bomb. But if you hit on, like, the belt buckle part, it teleports them back to wherever they go. This does a couple things. It will, it's brilliantly, brilliantly done because so far every book is written by, uh, so for example, that book was written by Kelly Thompson, who is writing the Hawkeye book that is focusing on, on Kate Bishop. The Thor book was written by Jason Aaron, who is doing the mighty Thor book, which is focusing on Jane Foster's Thor. 
everyone, every book is being written by the person who is writing for the younger, the younger characters. So one of them, for example, is going to be Cap America, you know, the, the cap, I believe it's called the captains, but it's Cap America, Steve Rogers, and, um, but like an older Steve Rogers, like a, like a previous in time, Steve Rogers and Sam Wilson, and they're going to team up and it's going to help them to come about some ways here, you know, to help each other learn things. I look at generations as a series of great one shots um, because there's some like, for example, uh, a lot of them are a few of them will will hint to the books that the younger one is in. So, for example, um, the Irons, um, Iron Heart and Iron Man um, was one. And I believe it was I believe that one came out and it will it will lead back to or hit back to invincible iron man which was is still starring ironheart the thor book did that same thing with mighty thor but then it also will it also hinted at events that happen will happen in marvel legacy it's giving hints without necessarily being directly tied if that makes sense but yeah, definitely, I would say um, go check out Secret Empire. Some of the trades to check out with the tie-ins to check out with it. The all-new Guardians of the Galaxy tie-in was really good. The Mighty Captain Marvel tie-in was was really good as well. Told the story of these three young kids. They're Alpha Cadets because uh, Captain Marvel is still the leader of Alpha Flight it, when this is happening. And how on their first day, they go up to Alpha Flight just as the shield is getting locked on, you know, turned on and locked, the door locked. And as you would imagine, hilarity ensues from there. But yeah, that's going to do it for me. The galaxy far, far away feels closer now than ever before, and your guides through this galaxy are ready to help. I'm Zach Hagenbusher, one half of the new Jedi Archives podcast with Ben Schultz. Join us every other Tuesday for our experiences with the Star Wars saga from the core films that we know and love, well, you know, some of them, to the annals of history and the works that shaped Star Wars into what we know it as today. Just jump in wherever you'd like. Download an episode of the new Jedi Archives today. I, I appreciate, I'm going to tell you right now, because this is going to be a slightly different closing thing where I ask for help. Um, first, I will say, make sure you follow everyone on Twitter. Um, the show you can follow at Else Nerds. The network is at Galactic Netcast on all the social media stuff. Our producers, Beatmaster, is at Beatmaster80, and Evan is at Mr. Underscore Fusion. You can see all of Corey's comic books at Don't, or the comic stuff that he does with Levi over at Don'tAskComics.com. Sean is at S. Burns PA. Wish him some love as he's our booker slash sporadic guest host when he is at a place that has better internet um but i want feedback specifically for this because i want to roll this out as a one-man show you know done at the least a bi-weekly basis so you know every other week basis so tell me what did you think of this you can send us mail at elsnerds.com that is send it to mail at elsnerds blah, wow mail at elsnerds.com um i read all of it so I mean, you are more than welcome to do that. Or you can leave us a voicemail at 805-328-3966 and just put in there like, hey, this is for Greg or for Gregor. Or you can send them, send them to me in on messages on the social medias. I am at that Gregor on most of them or 
some variation of that. Like I think on Instagram, I am that.gregor42. So you can find me on all the places like that or uh, very simply uh, follow my Twitter. It'll link out to everything else. Or you can uh, ask me, hey, what's your thing on this or that? And I will answer it or I will learn of new social medias because you were telling me, what's this? Like, LO, I don't use LO. I don't know anyone who uses LO. <laughs> so until next week where we will hopefully have Corey back and we will have guests and it'll be fun, happy, fun times. Um, this has been a Don't Tell Glenn production. We will see you next week. Or else. Galactic Network podcast, go to gncast.com. That's gncast.com.